Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I would tell myself, like, have the fortitude to keep pushing through. Don't give up. That's the number one rule. Yes, technology is tough, but if you use what is available and make the best possible solution, you will have a solution. Don't aim for the perfect solution. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Welcome back. To the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest, Axel, coming at us from Anaheim. Hello, Axel. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Nice to be here. And so, Axel, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So, I'm Axel Fernandez. I'm an additive manufacturing engineer. I work for CADCAM Consulting Incorporated. We are a engineering services company. We sell a whole range of products. That's uh, Mastercam, desktop metal, 3D printers, name it. And my main product is metal 3D printers, most specifically the desktop metal shop and studio 3D printers that are a new way to 3D printed metal. And you have a square sitting on the desk. Walk us through what is that? Well, what I have with me right now is a foam 3D printed part. Uh, this was made on one of our machines called the E-Tech Extreme 8K. What is 3D printed foam? Uh, well, it literally is what it says it is. And uh, you can make any shape out of this. It can be used as padding in cars, in roller coasters. It also has a very normal shape. As you can see, it's very lightweight and can take up a lot more volume than and the amount of material it actually, you know, is used to make with it. So it's called free foam, and uh, we've been trying to launch this in the market recently. It's not yet available, so I'm always talking to my clients about applications with it and always showing it around. How did you become passionate about 3D printing and... Oh, yeah. Cool. So I started off in 2014 when I uh, actually joined a startup pitch competition. I won the competition and they gave us a little bit of money to start a company. So I started a 3D printing company. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How did you find the pitch competition and what was it? I, I, I think it was my co-founder who actually found it. And he was like, look, there's this competition. You got to just pitch for it. It was part of our university uh, thing. And we just went for it. So, you know, we didn't know anything. We were still in my last year of engineering school. And, you know, we just pitched a 3D printer uh, and we won. And then we started making that 3D printer. Uh, and the whole startup uh, failed. <laughs> so, oh! <laughs> no, that, that's, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, many a time when you do startups, they do fail. And it was fine. It was 
another learning curve, and that's how I got into 3D printing. Uh, eventually, I uh, joined a company called Immensa in Dubai, where we set up a more larger operations for 3D printers, and we had a lot of 3D printers, more than 100 of those, and you know we were all over the Middle East with that one. And then I joined CADCAM. Before I joined CADCAM, I was doing research, uh, and I published a couple of papers in 3D printing, and then I joined CADCAM, where now I primarily consult with companies on how they can adopt 3D printing, especially metal 3D printing. And when did you end up in L.A.? Two years ago, I actually moved to L.A., so uh, I would say 2021, just after the pandemic, yeah. So before that, I was working in Dubai for, like, a, a while. Yeah. And what attracted you to Los Angeles? Obviously, the, you know, California West the Coast lifestyle. lifestyle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched but way too anything, many movies. <laughs> was there any anything related to the tech world or 3D a- printing? Absolutely. So L.A. is the world capital for 3D printing in the aerospace, uh, uh, you know, industry. SpaceX is your le- relativity space is your uh, every new 3D printing company that uh, works in the aerospace, you know, domain. It is here. They're in Hoton, they're in Space City, Torrance, um, all the way down to even San Diego. So this was the area of the world that I wanted to be in where my skills would be, you know, of the most value. How did you immerse yourself into the 3D printing community when you got here? Was Is that easy? I'm admittedly, I'm in the tech community, but 3D printing is a subgroup of the group. So I wouldn't even know where to go to immerse in the 3D printing (laughs) community. Well, uh, yeah, that's a great place uh, to think about. So a lot of the 3D printing companies are uh, into aerospace and defense. So I did start off by attending Space Tech Expo, Aerodef, West Tech. These these are all out in Anaheim, uh, the convention center, where you can interact with a lot of uh, companies that actually use 3D printing. And all the global suppliers of 3D printers and softwares also are present at these events. Also, uh, while I was doing a master's degree at CSUN, where my professor was also researching additives, I mean, 3D printing. So he also got me, uh, you know, many contacts in the industry and then got me off uh, starting from there. So that was basically it, I believe. Uh, And I already knew beforehand that uh, Relativity Space, SpaceX, and, you know, many other smaller supplier companies were already here in Hawthorne uh, working in this field. If we're not familiar with 3D printing at all, I want to take this in two different ways. One, if we're not familiar with it at all, like, what should we know about it? And then the people who are extremely immersed into 3D printing, what should they know about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So 3D printing makes ideas into reality. So if you can imagine something, you can 3D print it. That's ba- the basic tenant of 3D printing. Of course, there are a lot of caveats to that. And the b- biggest advantage of 3D printing is the ability to create a structure without having to utilize a lot of material. So you can make a complex structure like a gyroid or a part with internal cuts uh, or channels that cannot be machined or cannot be cut or even like water jet. And then it also uses a lot less material than a traditional manufacturing process that would be CNC. So if you can imagine a part 
and you can draw it out in a 3D CAD software, then you can actually 3D print the part. This works very well in aerospace because they require very complex geometries uh, for their thrusters, for brackets, and things like that, and they all can be 3D printed. Now, this is for someone who doesn't know 3D printing. For those who do know 3D printing, I would say um, I would I would like to talk about uh, binder jetting as a technology where we print without any supports. We uh, print a wide range of materials, mainly stainless steels, launching aluminum. In the aerospace industry, aluminum is is uh, pretty much the number one material because your rocket should be lightweight, right? So that's uh, something that's under development. And in our, like, you know, in the binder jetting-based technology, all you use is a binder. There's no laser, so the energy use is much lower. And then you move that part into a furnace and you sinter it. Sintering is the process of actually kind of melting a metal so that it solidifies at a micro scale. And in, you know, binder jetting, the way it's done, uh, the parts come out really a lot more solid than in a traditional 3D printing way. Axel, why are you the person to trust with 3D printing? Why are you the seasoned experienced person? Absolutely. So I have been working in the 3D printing industry for coming up on 10 years next year. And I worked on every major platform, every machine out there from General Electric to EOS to desktop metal to small kiddie 3D printers that you can get off the shelf. I should make them myself. So I think I have enough exposure to all of these technologies along with CNC injection molding and metal injection molding that I kind of I'm able to give any product team a good direction uh, of where they can go with their challenges. How does LA help propel you and your industry? Like meaning like you specifically, where do you go? Like if I wanted to go out right now, I can't just walk in to, you know, one of the existing. <laughs> yeah, so where do you go to create your your network? We are always present at many of the LA, you know, Tech Week events, for example. There are many companies that actually host LA Tech Week events, especially the ones that were last year. We ourselves might be hosting one maybe this year or the next. Um, we also all meet up during, say, standards committees. So a standard is basically a document that's followed by a company to manufacture a part. And these documents are written by committees. So whenever a committee meeting is there, you can meet a lot of people at these uh, type of committee meetings. There's also, what do you say, open houses. So a, a lot of uh, uh, companies like General Atomics will hold uh, will host open houses where they'll come you and give you a factory tour. If you're in the industry, you hear about it on LinkedIn, you can hear about it on Twitter, you can sign up. Most of these events are free. Then you can just network with everybody over there at these open houses. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've built that you've been most most proud of? So there was a time uh, <laughs> at my last job where I almost built the uh, world's tallest 3D printed statue out in Jordan. And it just lost that record after a while. It was for a designer named Zivo from France. And he designed a statue uh, called Reflections. It's a mother, a, a father, and a child. And it's on a uh, rotating ball-like structure. So it's a kinetic structure. And when air hits it, it kind of like rotates everywhere. It's almost, I would say, a good 
10 meters uh, in height. It, it was massive. So it was 3D printed plastic and then it was coated uh, with reinforcement and, and you know, we designed and engineered and, you know, installed the whole thing. That was, I was really proud of that. Wow. Yeah. What do people come to you for? Like, what kinds of companies hire you? Uh, well, any company that manufactures basically is uh, looking at uh, integrating 3D printing. It's a new, it's a new metal 3D printing is a newer technology. So if a company is using CNCs, traditional manufacturing techniques, then they need to have a 3D printer because it just saves so much time and it's a lot more cost competitive and also easy. I would say every manufacturing company has to have a 3D printer in the future. Walk us through metal 3D printing. What has it been and why is this technology the new new? Absolutely. So the traditional way of metal 3D printing would be you would have metal powder, all right? Uh, this metal powder is inside a big machine and then you hit it with lasers. So the laser melts the metal like a 2D piece of paper, all right? So now if you add one more paper on top of it and then you melt it again, that's the traditional 3D printing process, you know? So you keep adding more layers of powder and you keep melting each layer. This has been around forever. It's called DMLS, or Direct Metal Laser Sintering. It works fine. It's amazing. It's a great technology. I myself am an expert in it, but it's also very old and it also has a lot of challenges like... Uh, stresses that are induced due to the lasers and also the post-production that's required after you actually print it. So there's a lot of machining, there's a lot of support, and sometimes parts just break because of so much internal stress. Whereas binder jetting, specifically the desktop metal shop system, does not have that requirement. We use a plastic binder that just solidifies the part as a green part. A green part is just a part that's not solid metal yet. It's a little brittle. It's a mix of plastic and metal powder, the same metal powder. But now we take that green part and put it into a furnace and just the furnace he uh, uses its heat to solidify the part, burn away the, uh, the plastic powder and creates a very homogeneous part because the heat is from everywhere, yeah. unlike a laser, which is one layer at a time. So that's n novel and it's also very, very fast. Like we, our machines can print like massive bills in like five hours, you know, whereas, you know, lasers is like, it could be printing for 10 days. I've had to print for seven days. I, I actually have done that. So yeah, that's the main difference there. Who is an LA tech company or person you've come across lately who's really impressed you? There's this company called Launcher, which recently merged with uh, Vast Aerospace, and now they're all Vast Aerospace. The founder of Launcher, uh, he's, he's a great guy. Very interesting product shots that he's taken. He built a copper uh, 3D printed uh, thruster. They had a couple of failures too, like which is fine. It, it happens all the time, and, and their company had to merge, but the, the courage that they had as a mm. company, it was because of him that, you know, they were able to keep going ahead, even though they had a uh, a failure with their rockets. Now they're still still building, still building more, and they didn't give up. So I think I think Launcher and their CEO is, is amazing. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what have you learned? Because from the time that you first pitched your startup and then your startup didn't work out, and now you're successfully thriving with 3D printing and, and making moves ahead. What have you learned about being a founder, being a creator, innovating? What advice would you have given yourself back in those early days? Well, 
the first advice uh, I would give my younger self would be like, do not like uh, worry. <laughs> it's tough, uh, especially as a first time founder. Uh, you do not know what's in front of you and you need to have fortitude to be able to like have the strength to push through. And as a young guy, just, you know, 20 something, it's practically impossible to teach that to somebody. But I would tell myself, like, have the fortitude to keep pushing through. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Uh, that's the number one rule. Uh, yes, technology is tough. But if you use what is available and make the best possible solution, you will have a solution. Don't aim for the perfect solution. Right. There is no such thing as perfect solution. So, yeah, that would be I agree with you. I've um, been thinking a lot about perfectionism and just getting it done versus trying to be perfect. And, uh, yeah, I, I find that the more I just do the thing and move forward, the more things get done than the hold up and trying to make sure everything's perfect. Totally, totally. And that's very tough to teach a 20-year-old mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say it probably even now, like, you know, closer, you know, in, in your 30s, it, it still takes some doing, but it's much easier. Yeah. A few LA-related questions. What is your favorite activity in LA? What would you recommend people coming to LA do? Well, yeah, so the fun. If you yeah. say Disneyland, yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I do have a pass. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely Disneyland. But you know, I I love the cliche stuff. I love the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I like to go to Griffith Park. I like to trek. I did Echo Mountain recently. It was so much fun. Uh, just go to Japantown, eat some good food, uh, you know, all the crazy food in L.A. It's amazing. Go to the beach. I, I love the, you know, yeah, people sometimes, especially my wife, like, oh, why do you want to go to Santa Monica? Like, I love it. I, even if it's cold, I love it. When it's hot, I love it. I mean, I love taking new people who come here to it. Uh, it might be cliched, but it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Best restaurant. There's this one that I like. It's called Dai Kokuya in uh, Japan, in Sotel, uh, right off oh, uh, yeah. on, uh, Olympic Boulevard. Yeah, I love that place. They got this amazing ramen and they're open till late. So you Maybe can that's always... what I'll eat later today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, just go get it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And is there a certain resource in the tech, tech community of LA that you think that we should all know about or plug into or that you've utilized, whether it's an event or accelerator or something? What do you recommend? I would say, you know, try to attend uh, LA Tech Week events. They are amazing. All the hosts are amazing. You would be shocked the type of companies that are out here. I think, I believe last year I visited Hadrian with uh, building like this massive manufacturing company with robots and, and uh, there's uh, machinal labs up north. LA has all the tech companies in the world. Yes, we're more hardware focused, I would say. We're more like we do physical stuff whereas san francisco is more like software but i think we even have the best software companies too out here so attend la tech week uh you know follow all the top creators who are in la uh the venture capital companies the uh, the consulting companies and you know you, you'll always find your way around here it's easy a lot of people listening, I'm sure, have never been to Dubai and are, are maybe curious, what is the tech community in Dubai like versus the tech community here in L.A.? 
Oh, or yeah. I should say startup community, yeah. Yeah. So Dubai now Dubai is amazing. Dubai is a very build fast city. It's almost like I would say a startup hub in many ways. Dubai is mostly fueled by government-related projects. So say if you have a good software that the government can take advantage of and, you know, give out to, you know, all the people in Dubai, then you will be easily successful over there. A lot of success in Dubai has to do with uh, being aligned with uh, the government's philosophy and what they want. And they love tech. They love all new types of tech. Anything that's new, that's cutting edge, it has a shot in Dubai. It probably has a better shot in Dubai than in many places in America. And uh, I would say, you know, uh, it's a great city, amazing malls, amazing restaurants, uh, some of the best hotels and chefs in the uh, the world have their, uh, you know, uh, restaurants out there. And also it's it's a melting pot, very similar to America. Uh, People from all over the world live in Dubai uh, from all nationalities. uh, And uh, because of that, they speak so many different languages, uh, along with, of course, English being, you know, the everyday business language. Uh, People speak uh, local languages, and it's very easy to get around. Good public transport, and if you want, you could just rent out a Lamborghini if that's also <laughs> something you like. Why not? You know, that's Dubai for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> just rent the Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, just go for it. <laughs> that's so funny. When you've come to L.A., have you missed Dubai at all, or, you, or is L.A. for you? I did spend a lot of time in Dubai and a lot of my close friends and some family also there. So I do miss, you know, the people the most, of course. Uh, but I love L.A. I mean, you know, I would uh, I, I uh, you know, went to Dubai to gather to get experience, to explore the world, travel. And I got what I wanted. And now I'm back here and I love this place. I mean, I'll never, uh, you know, trade it for anything else. Yeah. And you have your Disneyland pass. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do have it. <laughs> I am a software nerd. What is your favorite piece of software? It could be a website or a mobile app. Well, right now I'm doing a lot of uh, exploring on Hugging Face. So I love it. Uh, they're like they have all these ML models over there that you can play around with, and uh, there's some interesting new uh, um, machine learning uh, projects that are just gonna change the world we live in. And uh, Hugging Face is a great place to start with. Yeah. Awesome. How would people connect with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. On Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Can uh, you spell your name or your handle for people? On LinkedIn, I'm Axel Fernandez, and the company would be CADCAM Consulting. On Twitter, I'm Axel underscore Fernandez. Axel, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more people in the LA Tech community, remember, go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you, talk to you, all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Axel Fernandez. I'm the additive manufacturing lead at CADCAM Consulting Services. We provide engineering services across a wide range of technologies, specifically 3D printing and manufacturing. We're based out of Anaheim, and you are listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. 
Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.